You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that Go big or go home. We've all heard that. And it's a phrase that would have sat well in the culture of ancient Judah. Hyperbole. Deliberate overstatement for the purpose of effect. Where your audience knows you're overstating the case and you know they know you're overstating the case. But the point becomes clear because you're overstating the case that... That is a legitimate genre to this day in the Middle East. When someone's using hyperbole, you're not meant to take them literally, but you are meant to take the thrust, the central idea of what they're saying. You've undoubtedly heard preachers talk about this, especially in regards to passages like this one. We know that most people understood this because we don't have a lot of ancient Christian burial sites with people missing hands and feet. But some did take it, literally. One of the church fathers who was not from the Middle East, uh, was from North Africa, took Jesus quite deliberately at this point, and since he struggled with lust, you can imagine the self-surgery he put himself through. It's hard for us as modern people to imagine folk taking sin this seriously. But that is is what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to recognize the incredible significance of sin and the truth of what it does to our relationship with God. Winston Churchill, during World War II, said, he said, you know, there's nothing more important in truth than in warfare than the truth. In fact, it's so important, it's often guarded by a phalanx of lies. And we do tell ourselves lies about our sin. The lies we tell ourselves about our sin usually sound something like this, I know I'm not a perfect person, but... My, my rhetoric professor as an undergraduate used to say, the word but means please ignore the first half of this sentence. I know I'm not a perfect person, but... And then one of two things follows the word but. It's either a series of excuses meant to make our sin perfectly excusable, or a redirect where we consider the sins of others instead of ourselves. I know I'm not a perfect person, but have you seen so-and-so? Would that God graded on a curve. It's interesting to me that our culture right now is involved in a lot of yelling matches. There's a lot of confessing the sins of others going on in our culture. It's interesting to me 
that the one place, when I look at the pundits, uh, whether of left or right, secular, religious, the one place I see serious self-examination and self-criticism going on is amongst traditional Christians. People asking themselves, how have we contributed, how are we contributing to the mess that we're in? People like Elisa Childers or Ali Beth Stuckey or Monique Dusan. People like our own bishop, Daniel Selbo, or our dean, David McGettigan. All of them asking the question, not what is going on, not just who's right or wrong, but where am I part of the problem? It is a gift of God to be able to ask that question. Jesus' purpose for speaking in hyperbole, trying to make us understand how serious the issue of sin is, is that the Holy Spirit might bring our sin to our attention. As much as grace is a gift of God and forgiveness of sins is a gift of God, equally is repentance for the gift of sins a gift of God. The ability to not lie even to ourselves about our sins, but rather to see them, know them for what they are, and turn from them and live. Jesus speaks here that we might do this. I'm going to, I've got a little something to read to you. I know it's been a long time since someone read you a story. And I don't have a carpet square and I don't have any Nilla wafers and milk to hand out. Uh, but I want you to listen to, this is, this is almost the opening scene of a wonderful book called The Hammer of God. Actually, by one of the best-selling authors, in Sweden. <laughs> so, you probably haven't heard of it. But, um, this wonderful man, he was a convert from atheism and a bishop. This book follows a Lutheran parish in rural Sweden over three generations. And um, as the section that I'm going to read to you commences, it starts with this young, freshly minted pastor right out of seminary where he's been studying grand and lofty theology and European philosophy and he's very sophisticated and he's getting together for a little soiree with the bishop and the other pastors and he's really hoping to dance with a cute girl. And, the pa and one of the peasants nearby shows up and knocks at the door and says, Johannes is dying and he's inconsolable. Can you come? And the bishop looks at him and says, Yes, you can. <laughs> so he jumps out and they take a horse-drawn cart out to the, to the countryside. And he does his best to console this man who is just almost... He's, he's got a fever and he's almost going crazy, convinced that he's about to go to hell as he dies and meets God. The pastor's greatest efforts are of no use. And in the midst of his failure, he actually becomes sick to his stomach and goes outside to throw up. And it's as he does so that a neighbor arrives named Katrina. And I want to pick up there. They go inside and 
Peter's wife bent down and shouted in the sick man's ear, Johannes, wake up! Katrina is here! It's Katrina! Do you hear? The sick man was in his right mind again. Katrina, it was good of you to come. You are kind, Katrina. God will reward you, and me, he will punish. So will he be exalted and declared righteous in all his judgments. But it will go badly for me, Katrina. Why is it not as it used to be? Do you remember when we sang the old songs? Then my heart was glad, glad in the Lord. But it never became clean, Katrina. I am a sinner, a great sinner. Yes, that you are, Johannes. But Jesus is a still greater Savior. The sick man breathed heavily before answering. He seemed to be going over something in his mind. Yes, he said, he is a great Savior for those who let themselves be saved. But my heart is not clean. My mind is evil. I do not have the new spirit. Katrina responded, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. He came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Yes, Katrina, but it reads to repentance. It is repentance that I lack. You do not lack repentance, Johannes, but faith. You have walked the way of repentance for 30 years and still not attained to it. Johannes, said the woman almost sternly, answer me this question. Do you really want your heart to be clean? Yes, Katrina, God knows that I want that. Well, then your repentance is also as true as it can be in a corrupt child of Adam in this world. Your danger is not that you lack repentance, but that you've been drifting away from faith. What then shall I believe, Katrina? You must believe this living word of God. But to him who has not works but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Up to this day you have believed in works and looked at your own heart. You saw only sin and wretchedness because God anointed your eyes with the salve of the Spirit to see the truth. Do you have sin in your heart, Johannes? Yes, answered the sick man timidly. Much sin, altogether too much. Just that should make it clear to you that God has not forsaken you, said the woman firmly. Only he can see his sin who has the Holy Spirit. Do you mean to say, Katrina, that it could be a work of God, that my heart is so unclean? Not that your heart is unclean, that is the work of sin, but that you now see it. That is the work of God. But why then have I not received a clean heart? That you might learn to love Jesus, answered Katrina as calmly as before. What do you mean, Katrina? I mean, Johannes, that if you had received a clean heart and for that reason been able to earn salvation, to what end would you then need the Savior? If the law could save a single one of us, Jesus would surely not have needed to die on the cross because the law works wrath and God stops every mouth by His holy commandments that all the world might become guilty before God. 
The sick man had become perfectly still. His sister fanned the flies from his face, but except for that, no one moved. Have you anything more to say, Katrina? Yes. One more thing, Johannes. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He lay quiet a moment. Do you mean, do you really mean that he takes away also the sin that dwells in my unclean heart? Yes. He atoned for all that sin when he died in your place. But I still have it with me, don't I? Yes. As surely as Paul also still had it with him. Have you never read, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing? For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I cannot find. Yes, that's how it is, whispered Johannes. That is the way it has always been for us and for all others. With his stripes we are healed. He is the propitiation for our sins and also for the sins of the whole world. The sick man lay breathlessly quiet. Then he whispered, One more word, Katrina, a sure word, and I will believe it. The woman got up quietly, took the Bible that lay on the table, and sat down again. Opening the Bible, she read, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. I believe, said Johannes in a voice that could barely be heard. Katrina rose and replaced the Bible on the table. Now God's work has taken place. Now you must ask the pastor to give you the holy sacrament. Johannes nodded slowly. Master, at thy word I will let down the net. Why can Monique Dusan regard her own sin and her contributions to the problems in the world and Ibrahim Kennedy not see his own but only confess the sins of others? Why? Why can Christians persistently look upon our own sin and see it in all its dark clarity and yet not become discouraged and give up hope, lose heart. Because however dark our sin, we know that that shadow is revealed by the light of Christ who shines ever brighter still. It is only because we have a Savior that we can know our sins and our sins drive us back into His merciful arms. That is the gospel. It is the reason why God is so serious about sin, because it separates us from Himself. But Jesus came to overcome sins, indeed to overcome the world. By His grace we are saved, by His stripes we are healed. Will you join me for a word of prayer? 
Gracious Lord Jesus, You have done all that is needful, all that is good, and our many failures are as naught besides who You are and what You have done. You are the grace we long for, and as Your grace reveals our sins, so Your grace forgives them. Grant us to turn ever from our sin and turn toward You, trusting in You alone for our salvation. This we ask in Your precious and holy name, for You live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. My vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my love.